0: Hey, family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God. And what a mighty God you serve. So how are you feeling, family? I pray this message meets you in good health, peace of mind, and a joyful heart. So, family, I am on this season of growth and gaining knowledge wisdom and understanding I've been having the only desire to really read and I think I shared that with you before I just been reading a lot of books and I just got finished reading outwitting the devil by Napoleon Hill family I encourage each of you to read this book what I love most about this book is because it's not demonology the devil did this the devil did that what this book do is cause you to look at the man or the woman in the mirror it talks about About our thoughts, it talks about our perspective, our resolve, us succumbing or surpassing the culture and the environment, and how the enemy uses this to keep us ensnared, trapped, and in bondage, keeping us back from God's best. So, family, I encourage you to read this book. So I just came across the Pygmalion Effect, which really got my attention because I never heard of it and it it reminded me of something that I read in Outwitting the Devil. So the Pygmalion Effect is a, a study done by Rosenthal and Jacobson in 1968 and it was to show to see if a teacher's expectation could influence the student's performance. If positive expectations the kids would perform positively and if negative expectations the children would perform negatively rosenthal said when we expect certain behaviors of others we are likely to act in ways that makes an expected behavior more likely to occur so the study what they did was they took 20 random kids and they put them Their names in a hat and they randomly selected them they told the teachers that 10 of them tested very well they would excel and they would blossom and bloom and be great in life the other 10 they didn't do so well they wouldn't bloom they wouldn't excel in life so they gave these teachers an expectation and the ones that were told that would bloom the teachers had an expectation that they would bloom therefore the children did and the ones that they were told would not bloom the teachers had an expectation that they would fail and they did rosenthal said unknown to the teachers these students were selected randomly and the ones that were told that would blossom scored significantly higher than the ones that they said would fail and i thought this was really interesting because that these teachers created an environment without even knowing it indirectly unknown to themselves unknown to the children all behind expectation the power of expectation I thought that was amazing to me that it made me think of a coach you you know that in every football basketball there's always that star player how does that coach treat that player they love on them, they encourage them, they always with them, they they do whatever they can to, you know, make it easy for them. And, you know, if they're failing in their classes, they make sure that they get a study group or whatever they need so that they can continuously be great. And then you take the not so star player how does that coach treat him is he you know hey you're the greatest giving him them high fives and making him feel good no 99% of the time if a person feel like they're not doing well people end up wanting to quit because they know they're not exactly this is what's dope the influence of the coach could influence the student because that that coach believes that this star player is great He sends off an energy and he creates an environment that makes this student believe, you know, coach, believe in me, coach, think I'm going to be great. And in turn, this person is great. Now you have the other student. This coach is not giving off of that same energy. He's not creating that same environment. And now this child feels the coach don't believe in me. I might as well quit the team. And I thought this was interesting because in the, uh, outwitting the devil, he talks about our thoughts And this is what he said. He said, in a similar manner, nature forces upon the minds of men, the influence of their environment, which are stronger than the individual owned thoughts. Children are forced to take on the nature of all influences of those around them, unless their own thoughts are stronger than the influence. Nature sets up a definite rhythm for every environment and every thing within the range of the rhythm is forced to conform to it. Man alone has the power to establish his own rhythm and thought, providing he exercises this privilege before hypnotic rhythm has forced upon him the influence of his environment. Every home, every place of business, Every town and village, every street, every community has a definite discernible rhythm. If you wish to know what's the difference, walk down the street of Fifth Avenue, New York, then walk down the streets in the slums. All forms of rhythms become permanent in time. This this blew my mind when I read this, that we're going to conform to the environment. Whether we believe it or not, unless you're dealing with a person who have a made up mind and that they have determined and decided not to succumb to the environment. That they're going to be greater than what they have been exposed to. That they're going to be greater than what they were told or what's expected of them. You think of a little boy and a little girl growing up in a house where they're being told constantly they're never going to be nothing. They're never going to be nothing. Majority of those kids behave and rebel in a way because they believe they're not going to be anything. Because the environment and the atmosphere is saying you're not going to be anything. It's up to that child. To say and make up in his mind, I'm going to be great whether mommy believe in me or not. Or I'm going to be great whether daddy believe me or not. I'm going to be great whether the coach believe in me or not. Or whatever the situation or circumstances we have to make up in our mind not to succumb to the environment. Unfortunately for these children, you know, children are very impressionable. Especially at a small age. And one of the things that the enemy talks about, he likes getting the children young. Because once he can get them fearful, once he can get them insecure young, it stays with them till adulthood. So this study showing that these teachers created an environment and indirectly showed the kids like, hey, I don't believe in you. Hey, I don't think that you're going to pass and I'm going to treat you that way. These kids end up failing. Then you have another group of kids who are feeling the love, who feel like they're going to be great because they're feeling that and getting that excitement from the teacher. They become great. And I. We have to be mindful because the devil is roaming around seeking whom we make a devout. And we have to be mindful as well with our children and how we could be indirectly pressing upon them an environment that is going to cause them to succumb without even knowing it. How are you talking to your kids? How are you encouraging them? How are you supporting them? Are you indirectly creating an environment for them to fail? Are you creating an environment for your relationship to fail? Are you creating an environment for you to fail at business? Are you creating an environment for you to fail in ministry? Like, this is something that we don't pay attention to, but we, what we expect that expectation. The enemy is looking for us to have those negative expectations. And it's in our most dominant thoughts that we begin to cause things to come to be. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. What is your most dominant thought? Is it of good or is it of evil? Because if it's not, if it's not good, the only thing you can receive is what you believe. Another thing that he said, Napoleon Hill asked him a question. He said, does each individual have his own rhythm of thought? And he said, yes, that is precisely the major difference between individuals. The person who thinks in terms of power, success, opulence, set up a rhythm, which attracts their desirable possessions. A person who thinks in the terms of misery, failure, defeat, discouragement, and poverty attracts that undesirable influences. What are your dominating thoughts? What environment are you creating? Isn't it amazing that you too can create an environment? You can create an environment. God has given us that ability. That's why it's so important that we are mindful who we are around because have you ever heard of that that old saying, if you want to know where you're going to be in five years, show me your friends? Because depending on the environment and depending on the people you're around, that's going to determine who you're going to be because you will succumb to the most dominant influence. Have you ever walked into a room? And you were just like wow you felt it it was you felt good it was exciting everyone's happy everyone's joyful everyone's nice that was an environment created have you walked into a room and it just you feel the intenseness and you feel sad and overwhelmed and you feel the heaviness that's an environment created if you can look out your window and look at your street tell me what's the dominant influence When I walk down certain streets and I can even look into my own community, whether you see, you know, is it a lot of bloodshedding? That's the environment created. Do you see a lot of drugs and alcohol? That's the environment created. Do you see prostitution? That's the environment created. I love that he pointed out. If you want to know the difference, walk down Fifth Avenue in New York and then walk into the hood, walk in the slums. There's a big difference. Because be, depending on the most dominant thoughts and depending on the environment, people will succumb to the environment. You take a person out of the hood and you put them in the suburbs, or you put them and on Fifth Avenue. I know I've heard, oh, you could take the person out the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the person. That's for a moment. That's for a season because that person has to now grow and adapt and conform to the environment that person will conform to the environment and i think it's very important as believers that we acknowledge the environments that we are either creating or the environments that are influencing us that are influencing our children are we that negative influence to our family To our spouse, to our children, to our friends and family. Are we that negative environment? Or are we a positive environment? Are we a positive influence? It's something to think about. It is really something to think about. Because people will succumb to what is dominant. I always heard this saying that a woman sets the tone in the house. And I could believe that to be true because the Bible even said it is better for a man to be on the rooftop than to be in a house with a contentious woman because she is setting a tone, she is setting an environment, and that man is better off outside. We're setting an environment of cussing and cursing and drinking and twerking around our kids, and then we get upset when We don't understand why they don't want to listen and why they're drinking and smoking and twerking and having children at a young age. We created an environment for them to succumb to. I paused on purpose because this really made me like it really made me think like, wow, I look at my my past and I can look at the times that I succumbed. To the environment. That I allowed the environment to influence me negatively. I can remember like it was yesterday. Moments that I went into places that I knew I felt the heaviness. I felt the weariness. I felt the contention. I felt the strife. And yet I stayed. Not knowing that that was going to pollute my spirit. Not knowing that that was going to uh, cause me to be influenced by it you think you think you strong we think we got it together we think we we could handle certain stuff but if we're not if we don't have a made up mind, and if we don't have that boldness to say that I will not conform, and some people do, I love to see those stories where children was raised in uh, um, homes of abuse and, and alcohol alcoholism and drug abuse, yet they turn out to be amazing, successful people because they were determined not to be succumbed to the environment. I love stories like that. But when I read books like this and I I find out studies about this, it just makes me look at the environment. It makes me look at what's going on in the community. It makes me look at what's going on in the schools. It makes me look like what's going on in the workplace. Like you can see and feel the different environments and you can see how people are adapting to certain people and other peoples are adapting to certain people. It made me feel like, oh, oh, this click and that click and that gang and that gang. No, it's an environment that was set up. It was an environment that they conformed to that they felt comfortable with that they adapted to and it became a part of their personality it became a part of who they were and in tune they begin to perform and act like the influence and I just want to come on here and encourage you today to really be mindful about what is influencing you in this season what is influencing you in this season I want you to take a real good look at your life Are you being influenced by the news? Are you being influenced by the culture? Are you being influenced about social media? What is really driving you? Or do you have a made up mind? Do you have a definite and purpose? You know where you're going and nothing is going to stop you. Let me tell you, this is what um, um, the devil said. Um, Napoleon Hill asked him a question. He said, if I understand what you mean, a human being is forced by nature to take on and become a part of the environment he chooses or the environment is or the environment that may be forced upon him. And his answer was, that is correct. But... There are ways and means by which an individual may resist the influence or an environment he does not wish to accept. This is where we this is where we have to get. I don't have to accept poverty. I don't have to accept lack. I don't have to accept, you know, uh, uh, drug abuse and alcoholism and, and, and holotry and, you know, all of the things that has become normal. I don't accept it. I don't accept it and I thank God that I'm at a place where I am not succumbing to certain things. Am I perfect? No. Am I growing? Yes. That's why I believe he has me on this journey of seeking and learning and coming to a place of self-mastery. Because before we can fix and master anything, we must master ourselves and gain self-control over our mind, over our emotions. And this is where I am. And I thank God by his grace that I I don't succumb and I'm not influenced by many environments. And people have to have a made up mind for whatever reasons to be determined not to go with the masses because it seemed popular. The enemy is he's loving it. He's loving it. You're not going to think for yourself. You're going to let society think for you. You're going to let, you know, the social media think for you. You're going to let the news think for you. But when are you going to get a mind of your own? When are you going to allow the spirit of God to rest upon you? Fresh wisdom. Because the wisdom of the world is keeping you in bondage. The wisdom of the world. We need the manifold wisdom of God. We need to be educated in ways that we have never been educated before. I have never heard of the Pygmalion effect. Maybe you have. I haven't. There's so much that I don't know. There's so much that I'm learning and I'm excited because it's opening my mind and it's causing me to really do self inventory and make me look at myself and say, this needs to change. This needs to modify. I need to control here. I need to control this here. And most importantly, I need to focus on the environment that is influencing me. And I am determined to be influenced by the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because the presence of God is an environment. The presence of God is an environment. And if you want to be sure that you're not going to be influenced by the world, you must cultivate and you must conform to the environment of the Holy Spirit. You must conform and succumb to the environment of the presence of God. The Bible says in the presence and the environment of God, in the presence of God, all things are added. All things. All things. In the presence of God, everything you need is in the presence of God. In the fullness, the fullness of joy, the fullness of love, the fullness of confidence, the fullness of health, the fullness of prosperity is in the environment, in the presence of God. And I love that. I love that. The thing about a hypnotic rhythm, it keeps us in a stuck state. And the enemy whole goal is to keep us in a hypnotic rhythm, to keep us so stuck that we feel like we can't get out. It's not that we can't get out. We don't feel like we can get out because we've been going through it so long. And you need the power of the word of God and the power of the blood to break every cycle and to break every chain. Because there are cycles that we're going in year after year after year. And they need to be broken. Mental cycles, emotional cycles, financial cycles, relational cycles. All of these different cycles. And it's like, okay, nothing's changing. But we have to be mindful of the environments that we are creating that is influencing us. We're being influenced by. Whether we, we're, whether we're doing the influencing or we're being influenced indirectly and some and f- for me, when I think of the society, when I think of the masses, some things are uh, uh, pushed on us, and we think it's indirectly, but they're doing it purposely to see if we're going to conform to the ways of the world. They put out fear, the world is fearful. They put out confusion in the news. The world is confused. Everything they're doing, they're causing us to be influenced. And we're acting out in ways that they are predicting because they know if they project and have an expectation of us acting negatively, we're going to act negatively. So this is something that we really need to think about. This is something that we need to study. I would tell you, go look into um, the Pygmalion effect pick effect and let the holy spirit open the eyes of your understanding let it you know let the holy spirit reveal unto you what he needs you to see in your life whether it pertains to you your children your spouse your family like how has this affected them how has your thoughts and your expectation caused people to act a certain way isn't that amazing amazing family that your expectations and your thoughts of a person and indirectly causes them to perform in a very way you're expecting them to. And the truth is because you have an expectation, going back to that coach, you're going to treat them in a way according to your expectation. You're not going to do well, so I'm going to treat you like you're going to do well. Hypothetically, let's let's take it to this. Think of a woman who has the expectation that her man is going to cheat on her. What does she do? She acts in a way As if he's cheating and he end up cheating. Checking his phone, going through his social media, nagging him, this and that. Because you have an expectation of him cheating. You're now performing and acting in a way as if he's cheating, which in turn makes him cheat you created an environment that he came to i'm telling you this is powerful family if we could just let the holy spirit we could take every situation in life and really sit with it and say okay has this influenced me in a negative way has this influenced me in a positive way is my thoughts and expectation you know causing people to behave in ways is my actions based on my expectation causing people to act in certain ways I can look at my own life and think of the expectations that I had of people. Whether negatively or positively. How did they perform? How did they act? You know, and it just really really made me think of, you know, myself and like wow, the things that we have to be mindful of and how easy it is to play a part in what the enemy is doing. One of the one of the things that he said He called us drifters. He calls ninety percent of the population drifters, and the other ten percent belongs to God, who he calls them non-drifters. And I believe myself to be a non-drifter, and I believe you're not a um, you're a non-drifter because we're not succumbing, and we have definite and purpose. You have to have a definite purpose. You have to have a definite and person Purpose. I'm gonna say that again. A definiteness and purpose means that no matter what, nothing is going to sway you or move you. When you make up your mind and you make a decision, you go with that decision. The enemy said that he can do nothing with a person who has definite a purpose. What I find amazingly about that is in the Bible, the Bible says in James, a double minded person is unstable in all his ways. Let that man not expect anything from God. You don't have a definite purpose. You, you on the fence. You believe you don't believe that person can't expect anything from God. And here and out with the devil, he's saying a drifter who doesn't have a definite, a purpose. I can keep him in and trapped because he don't have a made up mind. He's procrastinating. He's on the fence and I got him stuck. The moment we make up our mind and say, no, this is the way that I'm going to go. This is the way I'm going to walk you in it. He, he can't do nothing with something with a made-up mind. That's why God is so adamant on us making up our mind. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. If God be God, serve him. If Baal, serve him. It is something about a made-up mind because God can move with that. That's an influence of positivity. That's an influence of faith. I'm going in this direction. Even when it made me think of when... um. When the Bible talks about um, uh, the uh, the church of Laodicea, they were hot and cold. He said, I would rather, no, they were lukewarm. He was like, I would rather you be hot or cold. He said, but that you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out my mouth. Why? If you're hot, you're definite in purpose. If you're cold, you're definite in purpose. But if you're lukewarm, you're on the fence. And, and that's an unstable state. So God doesn't want us in an unstable state. The enemy would like to keep us in an unstable state. So it's so much about both of these, uh, this study and this book that has really got me. I mean, I am wired and I'm so excited and there's so much I want to learn and there's so much I want to know and get a greater understanding so that I can live uh, a, a more prosperous life mentally, emotionally and spiritually and to recognize how I allow circumstances and environments to shape my personality. Personality and how, by the blood of Jesus and, and the word of God, and me being intentional and having a definite and purpose, can break off these hypnotic cycles. So, family, I truly encourage you um, once again to really get your hands on this uh, book, Outwitting the Devil, because it has definitely opened up my mind to uh, the things that I've been doing that kept me uh, bound and kept me in cycles that I really didn't want to be in and ignorantly um not knowing how to get out and now that I'm learning and now that I'm paying attention I can I can fight an effective warfare what did the bible says my people are dying for a lack of knowledge we have to position ourselves and educate ourselves on our enemy you can't you can't fight an enemy you don't know what are the tactics of the enemy what weapons do he have in his arsenal? What is he using to ensnare and entrap us? This is important. It's important that we get this information. It's important that we study to show ourselves improve. And it's important that we educate ourselves on the enemy and educate ourselves on the things that he's doing and how he's using the very environment that God has given us to be fruitful and multiply against us. If we allow him to. If we allow him to, he will use the very environment that God gave us to prosper and cause it to ensnare us and keep us trapped and keep us in a hypnotic rhythm and cause us to succumb to the environment of thoughts and expectations of people. So I thought this was a really, really interesting um, book. I thought this was a really interesting study. And I'm so grateful that I got an opportunity to read it. And I just wanted to share it with you guys, um, get you thinking, (laughs) get you thinking like, you know what, what am I doing? Am I succumbing or am I am I creating environments for my friends and family that I really don't want to indirectly not knowing that, that I'm doing it based on my expectations and based on how I'm treating them? You know, we need to be mindful and go to God and repent. You know, repent for our ignorance, repent for our actions that we can then turn and and begin to create prosperous environments and loving environments and healthy environments for our friends and families that they can cultivate and grow and be the best versions of themselves. And we have to do that. We have that responsibility. It's up to us to have a made up mind that we're going to go against the grain, that we're not going to allow ourselves to succumb to the environments that are around us it's us to make that decision so i you know i pray this encouraged you i pray this was very informative i pray that it gives you a desire to go read about the pygmalion effect and um read napoleon hills outwitting the devil because we must educate ourselves and uh prepare ourselves for the warfare that we're up against you know just simple stuff you know that we are some of us are ignorant to so I thank God for this season that he has me just reading and being informed and being aware of things that I wasn't aware of and to be attentive and pay attention to environments and my own expectations of people and how I respond and react based on those expectations and you know whether I'm succumbing or not succumbing to expectations and environments. And it's just really a lot. And I'm definitely encouraged and I pray you are encouraged. And um, I probably come back with a part two to this because like I said, I really love this book and it's so much based on environment and us succumbing to the culture and the environment that is um, put on us. And I think it's important that we learn. Um, so I'll probably be back probably with a special guest so we can go deeper into the study so i love you guys Um, may god keep you and bless you and cover you until we speak again be blessed